Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Kaylin Patterson, P4P Real Talk, Midwest Muscle in the house. And this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one sponsored foundation, drug-free foundation in the world. I got that backwards. And if you are a drug-free athlete and looking for a solid foundation to stand on and a vehicle to drive your goals like a Mack truck through ice cream, check us out at p4pmuscle.com. And now let's chit-chat with Amanda. How's everybody doing? Uh, crazy weather out here in the Midwest. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And it seems like it's only getting crazier. <laughs> it's so nuts. We have nice weather one day. We have blizzard conditions another day. And then we have just mild sun. And it doesn't seem to be any let up in any of it. So if anybody's listening in the, the warmer weather, enjoy it. I mean, love it, because we sure wish we had some of it. It's um, really interesting to see, um, you know, how people are still uh, paying attention to how the weather has been changing. I mean, the weather forecasters are doing the best they can, but, I mean, like, when you have such varied uh, weather changes. I, I don't think anybody can actually really account for what's happening and how bad it is. And, you know, it's, it's something we make light of because it's so crazy, but there's a lot of hard uh, damage, I guess, a lot of uh, lives at risk. And, you know, it seems to be that people are more upset with the weather than more concerned about driving carefully. So, you know, just be mindful of it. Make sure when uh, we have things going on that we're not uh, forsaking others' lives or other people's health or, you know, anything that might make your day not really just your day but actually taking from others. It's not easy navigating through such weather. It's not easy you know, getting to work on time. It's not easy getting home and and having the life for the family. But we do have to plan accordingly, and it seems like we're not getting into that habit of doing so. So let's be more mindful out there. Let's be more cautious. Let's be more aware of what's going on. And let's be more considerate of the people that have to get through these days along with us. It's not easy. It's sure not fun getting stuck out there in this weather. And, uh, you know, just be mindful, be more careful, and uh, be safe. There's uh, there's too much riding on this, and there's too much going on with people's lives. We need to be more careful with each other. It's a little crazy how we're getting away from the humanity of it all. And that's just uh, from what I've been seeing. And this is real talk. And so, you know, we're going to be be speaking on it because you really can't have good health if you're not healthy. And if you're not mentally healthy, we've talked about this in my gym ad nauseum. Uh, when, we're, when we have people just being more mindful of each other, uh, and, and the gym environment is basically society, just a, just a very small, you know, piece of it. But it's still society. You have people from all walks of life going to a gym. You have doctors, lawyers, union workers, teachers, 
sanitation, police, firemen. You've got all aspects of life ending up in a gym at some part of the day. And we've all learned to share the equipment. We've all learned to share the environment and be civil and cordial as we go about doing it. And we can do the same thing in the streets during bad weather. We can do the same thing when we're out there at the jobs or at everything. We we are microcosm environments everywhere we go. Even in the family dynamic, there's other people's points of view. There's parents, authoritarian figures. There's children, the people that are learning. And then there's the truly ignorant that are learning from what we do. And if we're not teaching it correctly, then they learn incorrectly. And we seem to find fault in that. Instead of fixing ourselves, we tend to throw it off on someone else. So with the weather being the way it is, I don't know how it is for you, Des, but over here we are taking a beating. And I don't know how you're going to enjoy your birthday. Yes, it is her birthday <laughs> on a day where you have such crazy weather. I don't know how you're going about doing it. So Des, just fill us in. I'm sure they've heard enough of me right now. <laughs> hey, guys. Sorry I'm running a little bit late, but it is my birthday. And when the Hubs makes you dinner... You eat dinner, and uh, so he did a great job. You know, we are not getting it as bad as um, you are in your neck of the woods, Kalen, but that is usually the case. We did get about five and a half, six inches of snow in my area from uh, yesterday afternoon through this morning, but it was that light, white, fluffy snow, so they've been able to do a really good job with clearing the roads. The temperatures haven't been really terrible. It was windy today, but the sun was out, and uh, we were above freezing, so, you know, all in all, it hasn't been that bad, so... Praise the Lord. If you can bundle up, you do bundle up. We have bundled up, and we've just been doing our thing. So, yeah. Um, I did keep my daughter home from roller derby practice, though, last night, even though it wasn't canceled, and I was amazed. But it was just dark. The snow was going to get heavier as the night wore on, and I didn't want her driving home at 10 o'clock at night in the middle of a snowstorm. So, you know, we practiced caution and see what happens. But other than that, uh, you know, it's going pretty well, and I've had a fantastic birthday. Yes, I'm there old, we go. folks. We'll just leave it like that. <laughs> oh, stop it. And there stop. we go. <clears throat> so anyway, so sorry I missed the beginning of the show. So, Kaylin, what prompted your musings, the bad weather and bad behavior coinciding with the bad weather? Well, um, it's just that... Uh, it, it well, you know, in this in this time, turbulent time we're living in, tempers are at an all time high. People are running around frustrated and angry, and it's just spilling out and spilling over. Um, you know, sadly, I was talking to the armor bearer at our church, and they're dealing with some stuff. They their his mother in law just moved uh, to a better place that she she thought was a better place, and. Uh, she had a very nasty message left on her door about uh, her moving, and it was very, uh, very sick, sad, and wrong. And, you know, it, it's these times that we live in, and people think they can just say what they want, do what they want, and there's no ramifications from it. And in the weather that we've been having here, you know, like I said, we're taking a beating over here, and, you know, uh, you know, obviously, road rage has been a thing in this country. Also, the the temperaments in the in the current climate and atmosphere of, of people's minds and the identities and ideologies 
had them running a little bit harsher. And, you know, the, the blowing the horns when people are basically sliding their tires trying to get the cars going, people still trying to get to work at the normal time that they do instead of, you know, adding time to the travel. They're basically leaving at the same time with the hope and prayer of getting to work on time. And so that's called in stress and uh, aggravation. And then with the the snowdrifts and, and the wind, because we're catching the wind that you've already dealt with, along with the snow accumulation. So, you know, it, it makes for longer travel times. And that's just the nature of the beast. It's winter. And uh, people still don't understand that. I will remind them now, it's winter. And it's just getting a little bit crazy and crazier. And, you know, with, with, the, with the temperaments and people already frustrated, it gets a little zany. So, you know, it, I was just trying to get people to calm down and realize, you know, that other people have rights to the road, other people have rights to the gym, other people have rights to the equipment. And uh, one of the things that we have going in our gym is we're having, this is the reupholstery time. And so some of the machines have been down for a little, a couple more days than were, were expected. And so that in, uh, increased the temperament. And it's just, you know, it's just overflowing with anger and frustration on things that should be talked about, should be addressed, and should be prepared for in a more civil and cordial manner. And it seems like it's just getting worse and worse because people feel like they, I don't know if they're trying to get back into their teens or if they're trying to move back into their their parents' homes and just not accept the responsibility and maturity of adulthood, but it's it's simply got to do better. No doubt. And you know, Kaylin, that is, I think there are several reasons why things continue to get worse and not improve, but I'm I'm not going to go into that tirade at the moment. But I do want to share that you're not the only one noticing the increase in bad behavior, and especially on the roadways, um, so much so that the National Highway um, Transportation and Safety Agency, the NHTSA, they've also noticed it and have put out some tips of what to do to help avoid road rage. And so this is this is not um, to help you to <laughs> avoid becoming that person initiating the road rage, but basically if someone gets mad at you, what are some tips that you could do? And the first one okay. is to avoid mad motorists if at all possible. They said, ain't nobody got time for that negative energy. And that's kind of right. the way. I mean, you know, sometimes I get angry at other drivers, and it happens. And I try really hard not to beep my horn at them, especially if I can see that they're on their cell phone at the time that they're having erratic driving. That really ticks me off. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, sometimes I'm guilty of looking at my phone too. So, you know, I can't be hypocritical, but I'm trying really hard not to do that. So that's the reason I try hard not to uh, beat my horn. But sometimes it gets the better of me. So if you, if I'm out there and I beat my horn at you, just drive away from me. That's their number one tip. Don't engage mad motorists. And I know they're talking about motorists that are more extreme than just beeping the horn. But instead of, you know, turning around, yelling at them, throwing up a finger, we all know what happens. We've seen it. Um, just drive away. Yeah. Their, their second tip is don't feed the trolls. If you try to speed up to pass an angry driver or prevent them from merging in your lane, it only makes things worse and can put your life in danger. Let them pass and leave plenty of room between you and that grump, which makes a lot of sense. 
And yes, sadly, that is something I've probably done in my past is, you know, <laughs> been mad at somebody who, you know, got mad at me for some reason, and then I made it hard for them to pass me. I have to admit that that probably has happened, not in a long time. I think I was a younger driver then, but still, I'll I'll raise my hand on that one too. Um, okay, so here you go. Here's a third one. If an angry driver gives you the finger or makes another obscene gesture, be grown up and ignore it. Such gestures have gotten people physically attacked many times. Um, no yeah. thanks. And that's true. I mean, and so let me explain one of the situations. So I'm at a light. There's a guy behind me. There's cross traffic coming. They're turning. I can turn right, but there's traffic that's still coming. And the guy behind me can't see that even though the inside lane is clear of the turning lanes, it's a two, it's a two lane turning corner. The second lane wasn't clear. And so he got ticked off on me and just laid on his horn. I mean, it wasn't a little beep. He, had laid on his horn, and this was after he had already honked at me about two or three times, but there was traffic coming every time, and the point he laid on the horn, I looked in my rearview mirror, and I screamed a profanity at him, and I flipped him off, <laughs> and I'm oh, not proud of it. I am not proud of it, but he had um, harassed me long enough that he really ticked me off, and so wow. I went ahead and turned. And he knew, he knew that he had made me angry. And so, I mean, dude, if you're in such a big hurry that you're late, that you have to honk at someone about three times who's actually watching traffic, who is not on their phone, who's trying to be a safe driver, and then once you make them mad and you got traffic starts moving, you don't pass them because you don't want to deal with whatever might come next. That's what they're saying here. So, you know, if someone gives you a finger, is angry at you, stay behind them and or quickly pass them, but don't try to engage them and don't return the favor. So thankfully, he did not extend the same amount of banned behavior that I extended to him. But if it happens to you, that is a better way to handle it. And I've had people who have flipped me off and you're like, what is the deal? Why do you do that? But they got angry for some reason. And, you know, just let them go. I don't know, Kaylin, have you ever yeah. had someone flip you off in traffic? Well, now, here's the thing. I, I don't get angry about that because I can think back to the times when I made honest errors and honest mistakes, uh, jumping out when I thought I had a clear path, and by the grace of God, yep. I was spared from the accident. And I remember those times. And I say, you know, I, I'll just put it down to that because, you know, I'm apologizing the whole time. They're still cussing me out. They're still flipping me off. I'm, I'm nodding my head because, yeah, I screwed it up. I messed up. But there was one time when, uh, right when Obama was leaving office and Trump was coming in, and I was at a turn, and I was on my motorcycle. And like you said, I just didn't feel right jumping out there because I couldn't see past the semi that wanted to turn. And because I couldn't see, the person behind me was saying there was no cars coming they could see. And, uh, you know, just yelling. And so she jumped out of her car and told me some profanities and really laced into me with, uh, you know, some uh, derogatory statements about my skin tone. And I always talk about melanin because I said maybe they just don't understand melanin. So I always say I had my friends melanin, and, and, and they're probably talking to them more than they're talking to me. 
and it got pretty heated. She was very angry, and the guy that was coming on to the traffic heard her because, you know, it was that semi that was kind of blocking everybody from coming through, so everything was slowed down. And he got out of his car and knocked that lady out. And, I mean, it was it was really shocking to to be on the motorcycle and see all of this happening. And he looked at me like, you know, and I'm like, dude, get out of here before the police get here because there's no way you're going to be, you know, explaining this to the guy and thinking you're still going to make it to work. It, I mean, like like you were saying, if you engage at the, in those things, this is the outcome. And it, it was it was really shocking to see. I mean, it was it was really crazy. And now, you know, like, I don't know if you've seen the Illinois uh, traffic issues where the lady last week was shot to death simply because, you know, yeah. she decided she was going to lay into the fella. You know, he pulled out his gun and shot her to death and, and went about his business. So they, I don't even think they've caught the person that uh, shot her. But there were witnesses that say they saw you know, the incident as it happened. And, of course, you have the dead female after the the outcome. So, you know, we, we, we want to act like we're so brave and bold. But you're talking about not making it home. You're talking about, you know, your life ending or a friend that you may know. A stray bullet is a stray bullet, but it's still going to hit something. And hopefully it's not somebody that's going into the other direction and, you know, two or three shots are fired and you have oncoming traffic and they're being shot as well simply because you lost your cool. And I sure don't want to have that on my, my conscience. And God knows I have enough on my conscience that I have to live with. I sure don't want things that I could have uh, abstained from and, 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 you know, had somebody's life taken because of me. You know, it's just it's just not worth it anymore. And, you know, we've, we've got a finite lifespan and to waste that time on things that we don't even agree or adhere to, and, and, and here we are engaging in it like it means nothing. So we, we simply have to do better, and I love that list that you're giving because it's, it's, the, it's the absolute truth. We simply have to do better as a nation, as, as a people. I, I mean, like the one thing I always thought about in the military is that when I come home, I was going to be safe because we weren't at war anymore. And – then I come back and see us fighting more than the people that we were at war with. And it, it's kind of crazy to see, and that dynamic always frightens me, that we have so many Americans willing to fight so many Americans. And you're thinking, well, we're at home. We should be at peace with each other. If we're at war with everyone else, then we should be, be at peace here. But it seems to be just the opposite. We're at war with everybody else because everybody's at war with themselves. And I just don't, as a military vet, it, it it just hurts me to see that happening on American soil. Death? Yeah, no. I mean, you bring up a lot of points there, and you would think that that would be the case, that we can be at peace with each other, but we're just not. And, you know, you believe it, you don't believe it, but there is also spiritual warfare that's going on. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. it has a lot to do with, the bad behavior that we see from other adults and even from ourselves when we lose our cool and the fact of the way yeah. that our culture just is. We are overworked. We are overstressed. We have anxiety. We have culture that creates the anxiety. We have pharmaceuticals that add to it. We have all the resources in the world, and, yes, we're the most unhealthy developed nation in the world, and there's a lot of reasons for it. 
And, Kaylin, you also bring up another good point on just trying to stay humble and remember. I mean, and that's the reason why, like I said, if I still beat my horn, it's it's got to be pretty good. Um, and it usually involves somebody who's on their phone not paying attention because I do make mistakes too. Sometimes I don't have enough room. My kid might distract me at the last minute. You know, who knows? And so I also appreciate grace when people extend me grace because we know when we mess up as drivers. We know, and we are apologetic, and we are sorry. So I do try to extend grace, although that one incident I described, I did not extend grace. And, you know, folks, I don't swear generally as a rule, and I don't know why he got to me so much on that day, but he did. And I don't, and I'm not proud of it, and I don't share that story like I am, but it can happen. So, you know, my point is do try to extend grace when you can, um, even if the other person is totally wrong, if if your life is not totally in danger because of their driving move, driving maneuver, then do try to extend grace because there are drivers out there that will ex- still extend grace to you. And that's kind of the next point of the bullet uh, that the NHTSA, their tip they're sharing, they say, honk that horn only if you really have to for defensive driving purposes. Like yes. if a driver is merging into your lane and doesn't appear to see you, you know, that's when you use your horn. Don't use your horn if you're simply annoyed because they're sitting in traffic. We're all in the same boat or car. Honking your horn is meant to be used to alert other drivers, not to scold them. Take the high road, engage in polite driving. You know, it's kind of like that time I must, I know I had a ton on my mind and I'm sitting at a stop sign waiting for the light to turn. (laughs) As ridiculous as that sounds, that's, where I was and um you know I I got a beep and that's fine and I I moved on but you know sometimes we are just so distracted and preoccupied things like that can happen I don't know if it's ever happened to any of you out there it's embarrassing to share but it happened I was sitting at a stop sign waiting for the light to turn and of course there was no light that was going to turn so you know things like that do happen grace is great a little pop on your horn in those instances, I don't really think there's anything wrong with that. Otherwise, that person behind me might have been sitting there for a long time before my brain engaged yes. the rest of my body again. But it happens. Um, but on the flip side of that, their next bullet is, don't be afraid to report aggressive drivers to the authorities. You could save a life and prevent road rage from causing a bigger issue. If you yes, see you a driver with road rage, get into an auto accident. Be cautious about approaching the vehicle and driver. Stop a safe distance away from them. Then call the police to report the incident. Aggressive drivers can be unpredictable, and it's important to keep yourself safe. Last bullet is if an aggressive driver starts following you, don't go home. Call the police and drive to the nearest police station. You don't want to become the victim of a road rage attack. Yeah, like that one lady, and who knows if her killer will be brought to justice? I don't know, but um, you you really don't know when another driver is just going to go off their off their cart, and who knows how it's going to end up? You don't know what happened throughout their day. You don't know if they're under the influence. You just don't know, and it it really isn't worth it. Kaylin? Yeah. Well, you know, in the day of social media. You know, we have a lot of keyboard warriors, and they feel safe because they're protected behind something. And I think it's filtered more into the cars 
and trucks or vehicles that we drive. And it's just not not true. I mean, that, that establishment, we have a protection sitting miles away from somebody in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and we're here in the Midwest, and we can say things that can hurt, and we really can't be touched. We can have people going out, but if you're really, if your goal is just to upset, frustrate, or, or make someone mad, yeah, you, you, you do have that safe distance. But when you're in a vehicle, you can be reached. And, you know, if you can't be reached one way, like, like Dad was saying, they can follow you home and do stuff. It, it's, it's really insane how things are going. And it seems to me like we're doing more and more to, to find that frustration point and, and get away with it and hopefully keep going about doing what we're doing. And it's only making things worse. And, and we seem to think that we have that safe zone, which is, which is far from the truth, and, and, and we're basically risking our own lives to get that done. So we, we have to be careful. I mean, we, we're not considering other people's feelings. We're not considering other people at all. And uh, it, it, it's, it's showing in our daily uh, interactions with, with people whether we can touch them or not because it's, it, it, it's fake as you might think Facebook is. There's real people on the other side of that. It's fake as you might think Twitter is. There's real people on the other side of that, regardless if they have a fake name or not, a pseudo name you know, or just a, a false identity, there's still a real person on the other end. And we need to enge- interact and engage with the temperament that we claim. I mean, especially as children yeah. of God, we simply have to do better. And, and we, if we're the, the guiding light and we lose our sense of self and direction, then we're really screwing things up for a lot of people, whether we understand it or not. The moral fabric of society is done by the people that want to salvage it, not by the people set apart to destroy it. We have to remember that in everything we do. The moral fabric of society is set by people that are set to salvage it, not to destroy it. So if you have people doing wrong, that's their moral thing. That's, that's their beacon. That's their guide. That's their compass. They're doing wrong and they're happy in doing so. The people that claim to do right. They claim that they're good people. They claim that they're willing to extend that olive branch should do so in a fashion that can be acceptable to the person they're extending the olive branch to, not just because this is how I would do things. How is this person receiving it? And if we're not receptive to someone else's feelings, then they're not receptive to what we're saying because we're not talking to them. We're talking to ourselves and hoping they hear it. And that's a big difference. And I love those bullet points that you're saying because if we're not mindful of the other people, then we're not mindful of interacting with society. That's just the breakdown of it. And, you know, I'm going to segue this to the children that we were helping this weekend. You know, we we had a lot of things that we wanted to talk about, but because the children couldn't really comprehend how deep we were going because it was too much information too fast, we had to roll back on what we were saying, but we still had the opportunity to engage them in a way that they weren't used to because we're talking to them as children, adults speaking to children. So, yeah, they were going to say things that were foolish. They were going to basically put out information that was childish in nature, but then you have to walk it back to the adult mature side of what we're trying to say and how we're trying to teach. And if we're not willing to do that, 
with kids, then how can we even have a remote chance of doing that with adults? Because we figure everybody knows what we know and they don't. Let's just be honest. That we, We've all been raised up differently. We've all had different backgrounds and, and, and backstories. But we can still interact in the present day at a present time with understanding that we're speaking to each other. And to watch those children basically be silent at the beginning of the mentorship and then at the end when Will had his chance to speak and Cindy had a chance to speak and they were just yelling and screaming in unison in a positive nature instead of what they were used to. It was really a lot of fun, and I, I'm, I'm glad that we can touch some lives, if not all. It's hard to get everybody involved, and like, like Will was saying, even in the class, there's going to be 80 to 90% of the class that don't want to hear it. They're just there mm-hmm. because they know there's food at the end of the day, there's going to be fun, there's going to be games, and there's going to be a workout. And that's what they wanted. And then there were some people, some kids in that class that really had the intent that I want to be out of these bad situations. I want to be in a better atmosphere. I want to be around better people. And I'm willing to do any and everything to make that happen. And he was just breaking it down right in the classroom, and the kid, it just went over a lot of kids' heads. And he said it would. And lo and behold, there it was. And then you have the kids that really wanted to. They were more engaged. They were more involved. And they didn't want to let that day go for anything. And it it was really exciting to see that even as he's breaking it down, he still has to say it in a way that all the kids can hear it, even though he knows ahead of time that more than half of them don't even care or don't even want to be involved. It was really something. That's I mean, and that is amazing, and just a lot of good results came out of there. So two things, folks. So you know Kaylin has been involved a lot with the uh, inner city youth in the Chicago, Illinois area, and, and do a lot of things through health and wellness and bodybuilding to provide positive opportunities for these kids to learn and engage in. So he went to the gym of um, willpower. Is that right, Kaylin? Yes. Willpower, yep. Yes, and so, and he was a guest mm-hmm. on the show probably about a month or so ago. So if you check the archives, yes. you'll hear more about him and what he's all about. And I'm actually going to now kind of take this back around in a circle because a lot of what Kalen was talking about as far as his, as his experience with the children, their perception, their reactions, how they engaged ties actually – nicely in almost verbatim in with some tips from psychology today about how on the flip side, so we talked about tips on what you can do to um, interact with and or escape or move away from uh, someone who is exhibiting road rage. But then these tips deal with how we deal with our own road rage. And if you listen, you're going to hear a lot of correlations between what Kaylin was talking about and how they interacted with the children and how psychology today is suggesting we interact with ourselves as adults because that's really what it comes down to. A lot of bad behavior just doesn't happen as an adult. Someone doesn't become an adult and say, all right, I'm going to exhibit bad behavior. These are traits that we have been battling to refine since we were children, and some of us are more successful at it than others. Some of us just never adopted some of the bad behavior that's out there. Um, But that's really where it stems from. So these kids, the things that they're learning, they're being taught, 
hopefully will, if they can be fostered long enough and positively modeled long enough, they'll take these positive uh, responses with them into adults. And hopefully they're not the ones that are committing the road rage. But listen, so the first thing that Psychology Today says is that when it comes to road rage, it's all about you. Whether you like it or not, we all intentionally view every experience through our own lenses. Every thought we have, every experience we go into, we cover with me. It's not that we try to do this or that we're bad people. It's just that we have no choice because we're unaware of what we're doing and how we're behaving, which I don't know if I totally agree with that, but let's roll with it. So a lot of our initial reactions are subliminal. We don't even know what, why we're responding the way we're responding, but it's really all because it's all of us. So when you feel another person is an idiot on the road, what you're really doing is making a judgment about how that person is acting in relation to you or how you would act in that instance. So sometimes just being aware of your me filter can give you a new perspective and help you avoid an emotional outburst that you'll later regret. And then they go on to say you're your filter isn't the same as everyone else's. We don't have to okay. notice that our own filters, the ones that shape our view of the world, aren't the same as the other person's. In fact, we instinctively believe that everyone else does or should view the world the same way that we do. They should be as careful, considerate, and smart behind the wheel as we are. We don't realize that if we didn't have our opinion of what we should expect or what others should be doing, we wouldn't feel road rage. And so that gets back to the me filter. I wouldn't drive like that. Why is that person doing that? They're an idiot. Da 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 da. Because you know we ourselves feel like we wouldn't be doing those same things, and it's because how we look at the world and that we expect everyone else to act like us. And guess what, folks? That's right. We just don't. Why do you think married couples fight so much? I shouldn't say so much, but fight at times. Why? Because we are two different individuals that have promised to love each other no matter what as one unified couple, but we were raised differently. We have different filters. We have different experience. We have different expectations. We are two completely different people. How can we be expected to never disagree? I mean, if you, and if you can never stay in harmony 100% with your spouse, the one you vowed to love forever, because of your lenses, your views, your perception, how can you expect not to be upset with someone else. So you really have to understand how you view things to help keep yourself in check, which will help you then to maybe avoid some what has now become deadly situations because of our lack yeah. of self-control these days, I would say. And their next point is you can't change anyone else. What's up, Kaylin? I said AKA Snap Television. All those Snap episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep, and there you go. So, you know, as Kaylin was talking, so it's all about these kids and their perception and their lenses and their views of what they expected to happen. They already had an idea in their mind how they were going to react to something or the situation until someone Mm -hmm. showed them that they could have a different opinion about it. Um, Their next point is you can't change anyone else. One of the reasons we rant at drivers is to show them who's boss and teach them a thing or two. Guess what? You can't. You can't teach another driver how to drive better if you're simply reacting to their behavior. Before you get into trouble yelling at another driver or getting out of the car to give him a piece of your mind, remember this simple truth. It really does help with impulse control. And as Kaylin said, they, they 
can't change or couldn't change upon initial interaction or contact with these kids, their perception of what was going on, they could just show them a positive behavior. And it's really up to the kids to decide if they're going to change their attitude or not. I mean, there were probably some kids there, Kayla, that didn't change their attitude at all, but most of them did. And so you're not going to change somebody, but you can give them incentive to change, to decide to change for themselves. Yes. But the biggest thing is, is that like, it it was, it was interesting when we were interacting with them. And like when I, initially I say every class, every time we start our seminar, I say the same thing because you have to be repetitive when you're teaching. Because it doesn't sink in the first time, it doesn't sink in the second time, it doesn't sink in the third time, it might not sink in at all. But if you're repetitive about it, they get to see a consistent individual standing in front of them. And one of the things I continue to say, and I will continue to say until they're teenagers and adults, is that I will not give up on you. I need you not to give up on yourself. And this is something that they have to understand. They have a part in this picture. And it's, it's, it's starting to sink in with the ones that I've been interacting from the beginning. But we get introductions to new kids every single time because more and more kids are, are at risk and struggling to deal with these newfound uh, instances of, of stress, struggle, and strength. And it's just amazing to see how they can follow the leaders of these groups because, you know, the kids have our hierarchies just like we do. In, in groups and in interactions and everything else. And because of those times, they'll watch what the, the elders of the group are doing to see how they interact with us. And if they're not in line with what's going on, they have to be corrected first because they we worked with them the longest and they know better. And if we don't basically fix that error in the understanding, then we are basically setting up for a future of bad givings and really bad understanding. And the children are noticing that so, you know, we're not picking on anybody and we're not engaging in negative behavior. We're not saying, you know, this is why, you know, you don't get good things or, you know, you're not anything. You have no value. None of this can be part of our verbiage, of our understanding, or how we engage in the kids. So, you know, it's it's a lot of teaching and learning on both sides. The kids are learning us. We're learning them. And we're also learning a lot about ourselves if we're going to be doing it correctly. And I, I truly enjoy it. It's it's definitely a mental workout. Um, I'm always exhausted mentally coming home. And, uh, you know, I really thank God for putting me out of my comfort zone to where I have to understand that there's a lot going on in these children's lives, a lot that I could, I, I mean, I pray and I wish I could take from them their lives, but that's not the case. They still have to go home to their parents. And a lot of these parents are learning to be parents for the first time, and they're really struggling with it. And when you think about parents, you know, in our in our minds, like they are saying, we have to get about our media understanding. In our minds, we're thinking 30, 40-year-old individuals. I'm talking about teenagers that are, are 19 years old, and they're, they're parents for the first time, and they have children that are 6 and 7 years old. That is frightening, but that is the nature of the beast that we live with today. And when you have that understanding of what you're dealing with, there's a lot 
of misinformation from the, a teenager that doesn't even understand adulthood trying to raise a child. That's frightening in itself, but it is the reality of what we're dealing with. And when you hear how they interact with their children, they're speaking from a child's mentality. And that's really something to, you have to, to really let sink into your brain because you're constantly trying to speak to them as a parent when you can't even truly speak to them as teenagers because all of that is being missed simply because of the the life they've been given. And when you talk about, you know, the the other parent, and that's some 40, 50-year-old uh, person that's basically swindled them out of their childhood, you know, for the sake of just uh, having a sexual encounter. These children are growing up with, with basically trust issues. They're growing up with uh, false identities and, and, and these personas of being hood and being thug and being, you know, everything that you wouldn't consider coming from a parent or a parental state of being. All of these things are what we're dealing with on a daily basis when we're, when we're talking to the children. And one of the biggest things that Will and I both notice is that they truly enjoy these times and moments because they get to be kids. And that's that's really something that they've never really had because they don't they don't have adult figures. They don't have mentors. What they truly have is people that are hustling them and they're learning the hustle game instead of basically learning to interact with society as an equal. They think that they're in a deprived state, and they, some of them really are. And they don't consider themselves as being of any value because they've been taught they have no value. And these things are all that you have to encompass every single time you interact with them. And if you're not on your game, they won't be on there. And, you know, I don't say it like a game, like it's something we get to play with, but you really have to prepare yourself to interact with these kids because you have to show your best each and every time. That's no, you've got it. And we've pretty much segued away from uh, traffic safety into something much deeper, but I know that there are still some parallels that are there and just some basic yeah. truths that you can apply to any aspect of life. And that's, Again, looking beyond your own filter to try to understand the other person or the situation that may be going on and, you you know, using understanding that everyone doesn't think like you, they don't act like you, and uh, you don't know what's going on in their world or what has been going on up to that stage. So to keep all those things in your mind to help keep your own attitude in check because you can't change somebody else. You can only show them love, compassion, grant information, grant, um, you know, actions worth modeling, and they have to decide to change their own minds. But uh, in the meantime, you can show compassion and understanding, and that starts with you. So whether it's a driving situation, it's dealing with a difficult person, it's dealing with someone maybe from a lifestyle that you are not familiar with at all, but yet you're faced with it, and how do you still exhibit all of these same behaviors, understanding, compassion, you know, support out of your element? So just all things to uh, 
keep in mind, but at the end of the day, these are all things that every basic human being needs. We need love. We need acceptance. We need compassion. We need understanding. We need patience from each other. And those are just all things we're not willing to give to each other sometimes, sometimes never for some individuals. Um, and so, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, I'm going to add just a little bit to it. And uh, it's basically something, uh, you know, we, we hear we hear at church a lot. And it started with uh, one of the mothers of the church, our, our own sister, Rucker. And she always says, you don't know someone else's story. And so you can't write the book. And I think that's what happens when uh, when, when we're, de- we're dealing with other people. We're coming with them from our point of view. And we really don't know the background story. And, you know, I've even just recently, just yesterday, when, when I realized that the person I'm talking to is so ignorant of, and I'm not saying stupid, just ignorant of a word and not fully grasping and understanding, I basically just let it go. And it, it was so crazy because it's like it, it's not on the person that doesn't understand to do better because they truly don't know how. It's on the person that does know better to do better, and then you become a teacher. And it, it's so crazy that we forget that. When we didn't know, we wanted somebody that did know to understand what we're trying to say. And if you don't consider that other person, then you don't consider what they're saying. And you, you can miss so many opportunities to teach. And as teachers, we can change things. But as angry people, we can only do things the same. And it, it's crazy to have so many opportunities in our day and our lives to interact with someone and show them better. We would rather speak our minds and say nothing instead of basically opening up and and doing what's right. And it does take more. We It does take a lot out of us, and it does ask us to be better. And because we're not doing it, the world suffers. Yeah. So with that, I say... You know, it seems appropriate to end the show with prayer and, uh, you know, be on our way until Thursday. Would you care to lead us? Yeah, I I always can pray, not a problem. Um, Oh, gracious and merciful Father, our Father in heaven, Lord, we just ask for a better understanding of each and everyone involved in each everybody's life. We ask prayers of protection for the people who are truly seeking to be better, to improve, and to have peace and understanding towards their fellow man. We're asking for a a moment of silence to break the chain of pain and suffering in our own minds, in our own lives, from our own bodies. We ask that a peace that just goes beyond understanding to basically just envelop this nation and basically get a grasp of our minds where we can let go of the petty and small things and realize that we are dealing with our own fellow American brothers and sisters. We're not dealing with foreign entities. We're talking to our fellow man. 
And even if they are a foreign entity, we should not see them as an enemy, but as people and as human beings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And with that, folks, we will be back again on Thursday with another topic, um, another guest, a lot to consider and think about tonight. So, you know, we hope that when you listen to the things that we share, some are zany, some are serious, some are worth remembering, some aren't. But uh, for those nuggets that are worth remembering that you would, uh, if they call for action, we would pray that you would take action. If they call for sharing, because someone else needs to hear this information, we pray that you would be a light and continue to share. And if that is the minimum of what happens because of something that we share, then, you know, God has already been glorified. So on behalf of Kaylin, myself, all of us road ragers out there that are trying to change our bad habits, uh, the boys from P for P Muscle, your body is a temple, so let's build it.